What's going on, guys? Welcome to the inaugural episode of Break the Cycle Couch Streams. I'm your host, Joshua Smith. Uh, I want to start off by saying thank you, guys. Thank you so much for supporting me and having enough faith in me to uh, put out good content that you guys got me over a 1,000 YouTube subscribers on YouTube before I even put out a single show. My family and I are eternally grateful. You have no idea how much you're helping out our 7,000 children. Uh, uh, so uh, please bear, bear with me <laughs> if we have any tech issues. Uh, I'm a tech boomer in my, my soul, and I just spent the better part of the uh, last 72 hours programming this show, so it's bound to have some issues, but I'm trying really, really, really hard here. I promise you guys. Um, so tonight I want to start talking about Waco. We're currently just past the 27-year anniversary of more than 80 people being shot and burned alive in a church compound just outside of Waco, Texas. And the Chalkies over at the ATF decided uh, that it was a good idea to post a remembrance post for their agents who were killed. Now, a jury in San Antonio, Texas actually found the people who killed those agents were indeed not guilty of murder but we're defending themselves instead. So it's no wonder that these idiots got absolutely roasted in the comments section. And it was one of the most delicious ratios I have ever seen outside of a Nicholas Sarwark uh, post on Twitter. But it did ignite quite the debate around the country. Were the Branch Davidians drug dealing, child raping, gun runners, or had the propaganda machine done so good at its job that even in the face of mountains of evidence, the general public was still just believing these things. So uh, we'll start off by talking about the Branch Davidians. Um, the, the Branch Davidians were a Seventh-day Adventist, Adventist breakoff. It's a hard word to say. Um, you know, so, so it wasn't like they were this crazy death cult or, or anything like Jim Jones or something like that. Um, Koresh believed he was a Messiah or a prophet, not a, not a Christ. And, uh, and a lot of people, that's what they came to him from for is to, to hear the word of God through him or whatever, you know, I'm, I'm not super religious. I'm definitely not a seventh day Adventist, so I don't know exactly, uh, how it went down, but, um, I know that they were involved in polygamy, which at the time, especially in the nineties in Texas was very, very frowned upon. Um, and the media ran with this sinful Messiah rhetoric. Uh, but, 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 but David Koresh, Koresh like never said to go out and commit sins. He never said to go out and like kill people or hurt people just to defend what they had and, and their religion and stuff. Um, and just that they were ordinary sinning humans. Uh, the, the allegations were, were a lot like the allegations in the beginning of the Mormon church becoming relevant, you know, with, especially with their polygamists in Utah and all that stuff. Um, 
They were really big gun rights advocates, just like you and I, just like most libertarians, probably just about everybody watching this stream is pretty interested in gun rights. Um, and uh, he was really big on a quote from the Bible. It said, Jesus uh, said, from now on, let he who has no sword buy one. And that resonated with Koresh and it became his reason for stockpiling arms and later to make money for the sect. I mean, they became legit gun uh, uh, dealers. And uh, Koresh, Koresh had a quote I, I watched uh, recently. I watched the um, the Waco documentary. It's like a two and a half hour documentary. And, uh, and Koresh was actually quoted in it saying, for the children's sake, you may need to carry a gun. And in fact, that ended up becoming the truth, really, if, if you really look at the, the entire situation. Um, and the Branch Davidians, did become, they became gun dealers. And in the hearings afterwards over the dispute between the, the Treasury Department findings that saw five agents and the director of the ATF let go and the Justice, Justice Department findings that made everything out to be the fault of the cult, uh, Chuck Schumer actually at the time painted it as they were stockpiling weapons of war. Well, Mr. Revis, uh, the, the one who wrote the Ashes of Waco book, it was like the biggest book about the incident in Waco, um, he was quoted as, as saying all dealers stockpile arms and, and he was right. I mean, that's literally what dealers do. This is how they make their money. So, um, but Mr. Revis wrote the book, the ashes of Waco. I have not had a chance to read it. I will eventually read it. I wish I could have read it, read it before we got into this, this live stream. But during the Waco investigations, politicians were mad at Mr. Revis for stating that the gun laws used for the warrants could be unconstitutional. In fact, they would do anything they could have to paint it, to paint the deaths of more than 80 people as justified, even going after an author and lawyers involved in the cases, etc. But the raid was for guns. But after their complete fumbling of the situation, they made the whole thing to be about depravity and, and child rape and drugs, etc. I mean, child rape was used over and over and over and over and over again, right? And we know that. Um, but... You know, if, if you actually watch the hearings, you'll see this familiar face here, Chuck Schumer. And I took away from, from those hearings that he was just as much of a bitch then as he is today. He was blatantly going after anyone stating any kind of facts or coming up with any kind of evidence whatsoever. But what do you expect from a guy that would threaten Supreme Court justices and, and cries over memes, right? So, uh, yeah. Anyways, maybe he wasn't as much of a bitch as Janet Reno, but at least she had the decency to take the celestial discharge before burning any more kids alive in their churches. Uh, but Chuck still has time. And also, there, so there was never any solid evidence of child rape, although the term was used repeatedly over and over and over again by politicians and media. Several law enforcement agencies actually conducted investigations into these claims and came up completely empty-handed. Now, I want to be completely clear. I'm not disputing that Dave, that Dave Tresh may have been uh, a complete piece of shit. Um, you know, and, and, and if there was any kind of child rapes, I, I know he was, you know, mar he, he was claimed to have been marrying 16, 17-year-olds and having children with them. There was 26 kids that he wanted to have to become the new prophets and blah, 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 blah. Um, and, and so, you know, if, if a lot of these allegations were true, obviously I'm the kind of person that would want to see Koresh thrown into a wood chipper for feet first. And that's, you know, that's, that's true. But, um, I, I just don't see how burning more than 70 people alive in a church, including more than 20 children, uh, is the solution. If there had been child rape, how is the solution to kill all the innocent victims? 
I mean, I guess I guess that question could be debated among certain federal agencies, uh, politicians, but hopefully not any you know logical, well-meaning people. Uh, also, the the media relations personnel for the ATF actually contacted the press the day before the siege, trying to drum up support for the appropriations hearing that was surprise just one week later. Major, major positive headlines would counter the ATS reputation as a rogue agency whose debacles had hurt other federal agencies, as if the federal agencies uh, needed any help hurting their reputation. But a media storm uh, about a scary fringe cult organization with lots of drugs and weapons and child rape would also scare the public into creating political pressure for the ATF and FBI budgets. There was also a uh, dress rehearsal. In fact, more than 100 agents played G.I. Joe at Fort Hood for three days at the Army's expense, so actually at the taxpayer's expense. And they, uh, they misrepresented it to the Army as a drug raid, and many in the public still believe to this day that the Branch Davidians were killed for being lunatic drug addicts. We haven't even actually gotten into the siege yet, and look at the propaganda machine. You know, the, the, the lessons learned in social conditioning from Waco should ring out for another hundred years. It's, it's extremely sad how many in this country just bury their heads in the sand and eat up the official narrative put out by known liars like the ATF and FBI. And nothing in the siege, so nothing in the siege really made any sense. Bullet holes through the metal doors were said to all have come from the outside. There's video of this part of the incident, but Schumer refused to request evidence and instead decided to shout down anyone referencing it. When the committee finally did go after the evidence, surprise, surprise, uh, like one of our favorite pedophile ringleaders, the video was blank and the door had gone completely missing. So the official story is that the ATF showed up and were fired on immediately. In fact, I, I've watched clips of ATF agents saying that the second they put their foot out the door, they were getting fired on. But you know, many people who had seen the, the scene said that there were no uh, uh, rounds coming from inside of the house out the metal door, but then the metal door disappeared, so we'll never know. Every call from inside the house was asking agents to back down, saying they didn't want to fire on anybody, saying repeatedly that they were shooting, uh, they weren't shooting, there were kids in the house, they just wanted to be left alone. The feds even shot a young man climbing a grain silo. Uh, if you watch the videos, there's actually videos of this, there's helicopters flying by, you see in the distance the, the young man climbing the, the grain silo and then all of a sudden he falls. So it's, it's pretty obvious that he was shot down by one of the helicopters. Um, some of the negotiators later on uh, uh, in the siege were being told by people inside, hey, your helicopters are shooting at us. And the guy's like, there's no, there's no weapons on those uh, helicopters. And the guy's like, no, we saw them shooting from the helicopter. He's like, okay, well, they had their own personal weapons. Maybe there were pistols or a rifle or something, but we don't have automatic weapons and there's no gun mounts. Okay, but you were shooting people. Um, and then there was another man, another young man that was shot uh, about 300 yards away trying to get back to his family at the church, and they found his body 300 miles away, uh, shot by a federal agency as well. Um, let's see. Yeah, so then after a 51-day standoff, the whole place burns to the ground, right? We all know that. We've all seen the scenes. There's an iconic newspaper, especially if you were alive, the, the front, front page of the newspaper was the compound up in flames. Um, and, and the federal agents even shot the dogs that were in a pen. Very shocking stuff. Seriously, ATF killing dogs that they didn't have to kill. Very shocking. Um, prior to the siege, the subsequent fire and the subsequent fires, the uh, federal law enforcement agencies had been outside doing like really petty things, like 
mooning and flipping off the branch Davidians from outside. And a lot of people said that the, the attitude on scene um, with the law enforcement personnel was that they were going to get revenge no matter what. No matter what. Um, let's see. So, yeah. So, the FBI said they never fired a shot in 51 days, but were caught on thermal imaging firing on the compound re- repeatedly with, with automatic weapons and obviously these incendiary rounds that they also said they didn't shoot. Uh, they shot enough gas into the building to kill any of the old people and children. I mean, just from the gas alone, it was like 10 times more than what they put in the CS gas chamber at, at boot camp. Um, and so as being somebody who's gone through that gas chamber, I know that that's pretty brutal. If you have breathing problems or you're a child, that stuff can definitely kill you. And it was flammable gas that when burned turns into the same gas used in the gas chambers for, for capital punishment. So, you know, fire plus that gas, it's just a really big deal. And, and then they poked holes in the building, turned the building into a wind chamber tin box, uh, tinder box, much like the potbelly stove. Um, and uh, less than a minute after the last of the gas had been put in the building, the first of three separate fires in three different locations within a three-minute period erupted. Tanks were seen by thermal imaging leaving all three corners of the structure just before the fires erupted. The federal agencies say repeatedly that they never used any incendiary devices, but explosive gas rounds were found at the sources of every fire and and more. I mean, uh, there's a lot of testimony and and stuff that says that they were firing that stuff in basically into every single window. Um, uh, Let's see what else. Uh, Yeah, the uh, FBI and the ATF say that the flashes were from a reflection on the on the thermal imaging, which. Uh, is not hot enough. A reflection from the sun is not hot enough to show up on thermal imaging. So the, their lies were constant, and the proof is mostly indisputable. Even you know, as we have this this 27 years later, we have this giant debate over whether or not um, the the Branch Davidians set the fires, or stabbed children, or or kitty rape, or the ATF started the fires, and they deserved uh, you know to defend themselves, and this and that, and this and that. If you really look at the evidence, if you really look at the reports that were put out, if you watch some of the the hearings about the reports, it's it's pretty it's pretty clear that. Um, the conclusion is that the ATF and FBI and crooked politicians are just not cash money and should be yeeted into the abolition pile. But don't take my word for it. Let's hear what the specialist El Popo has to say about the chalkroaches down at the federal agencies. Let's see. Is he here? Mm-mm-mm-mm. You there, buddy? What up? Hey, what's going on, man? Hey, hey I hope my sound works. It does. It does. Yeah, All right. right. Well... It's once, once again that time of the year where the ATF posts their honeypot online and we all gather to get added to lists by telling them how very uncool they are. The ATF heard Waco on the radio and thought someone was saying mayo, so they brought their whole force. Much to their chagrin, there was no mayo to be had. What they instead found had disgusted them. A bunch of educated religious people of all ethnicities cooperating and building a community together. Even worse, they were most appalled at seeing the Davidians with dogs using them in a manner devoid of sexual abuse. Like all government officials, these satanic pedophiles decided to execute all the children. This seems extreme to you and I, but killing children is a progressive sacrament, which is why we are considered the crazy ones for hating that. that how, we're, the guy, we're the bad guys in that scenario in the killing kids debate. We're the crazy ones. Imagine that. 
To this day, you can go to where the compound was and you can still smell the remains. And if you don't believe me, go there yourself and tell me you don't smell wet dog from all those yogurt yeti ATF agents gathering. If the ATF were indeed worried about pedophiles, as they allege, then surely there's a paper in a Donald Trump file cabinet somewhere asking permission to nuke Little St. James or the Clinton Foundation or Subway or Dick Sarark's house. Anyway, I checked in with the libertarian pragmatist Chalkis, who is also all white, but they assured me that's only a coincidence. And they like kind of agreed with me. But they told, told me, me their problem, problem with, with a 51-day siege is that it just proves how inefficient the government is. They told me that a corporate sweatshop would have eliminated the compound faster and probably cheaper. And when I asked them about the children, but they told me that the lawyer said, stop talking about goddamn children for five seconds, for fuck's sake. The ATF needs to be abolished before weed becomes legal, in my opinion. First, weed being illegal lets me know who all the cool people are. But now that it weeds like on Reddit, now I got to like look for the people who do mushrooms or DMT. I don't even do DMT, but everyone I know who does DMT is cool. All the cool people do DMT. Anyway, almost as importantly, though, it'll just add another letter to the ATF. The new WATF will be one letter away from being a recognized sexuality organization, which is very strange considering that they're all just gay. Not the cool gay like I am, or how I suspect Michael Malice would be if I gave him half a shot of raspberry vodka, but gay like Avengers Funko Pops gay, or like looking up your Harry Potter house gay, or buying a Star Wars Lego kit gay. One thing, however, is for sure, and that is we can thank the Davidians for being more libertarian than certain libertarian party organizers. By dispatching four gay TF agents from the living realm and sending them straight to white people heaven. Joined by Ruth Bader Ginsburg, John McCain, Paul Patrol, and Mr. Potato Head. And all of them are looking up at us now. Who knows how many dogs they saved from either being shot or open mouth kissed. Remember, I'm gay, so if anything I've said other than the whole burning children alive thing upsets you, then you are probably a homo. Phobe. And a racist. <laughs> Thank you so much, El Popo. You rule, bro. You're welcome. I appreciate you. We will talk to you again soon, I'm sure. If Twitter doesn't ban me. <laughs> again. See you later. See ya. My goodness. Well, wasn't he just fun? That was pretty awesome. I love that guy. Uh, let's talk about gay corrupt politicians. Sounds like a good time. Uh... Biden may succeed in getting the war with Iran that people like John Bolton have been dreaming of and John McCain has been looking up to and hoping for. This bullshit with Iran dates back to at least the 1950s, at least, when the CIA and Britain's MI6 carried out a coup of their democratically elected prime minister. If you look at the pictures of Tehran prior to this, they were on their way to joining the Western world. Pictures of women in great evening gowns and summer dresses, no hijab requirements, men in sweet three-piece suits, nightlife, diners, Fords, Chevys. It was really kind of cool. I like looking at old pictures of Tehran and, and Iran. Of course, the Warhawks like to always say that the tension in Iran is not over oil, but it's like their nuclear program or because they hate us for our freedoms 
or whatever other goofy shit they throw out. But the, the truth is that it's quite literally over oil. And the CIA tried to mask it as fighting a communist takeover by the democratically elected Prime Minister Mohammed Mossadegh and, and the uh, democratically elected government. In fact, Iran's prime minister wanted to nationalize Iran's oil industry. I mean, it's not something that I'm a huge fan of, but I'm also not the prime minister of Iran. With six kids, I'm barely, I'm barely the prime minister of my own home. Maybe this couch, you know. Um, either way, the prime minister at the time wanted to audit the documents of the Anglo-Iranian uh, oil company, which was a British corporation that's now part of BP. And he wanted to limit the company's control over Iranian oil. Um, that's important because, you know, of, of course they do. Of course they want to keep their reserves and, and sell their reserves for what they want to sell it for and not be controlled, you know, for their resources by another, another nation. So guess what Britain did? They instigated a worldwide boycott of Iranian oil in attempts to economically pressure Iran. Something the U.S. and Britain are quite fond of and something we see the U.S. do all the time through trade wars and tariffs, embargoes, etc. We are very, very, very good at destroying our own economy, but we are the world champs of destroying the economies in other nations. So when they didn't, they didn't give us what they want, what we wanted. They didn't give Britain what they wanted. Uh, Churchill and Eisenhower decided to overthrow Iran's government. What? Britain and the U.S. Empire involved in foreign imperialism? Get right out of town, right? That was, that was super boomer. It was fun, though. Diplomacy is not always a great word, especially when the diplomacy comes with underhanded and, frankly, vile tactics. So, so they hired hundreds, hundreds of people in Iran to stage pro-Shah riots. Now, Shah was the uh, uh, monarchical ruler of Iran, you know, uh, uh, aside from the, the democratically elected government. And they even bust and trucked them into Tehran. Around 300 people or more, I think it was two to three or 400 people were killed. And then the prime minister was arrested, tried, and convicted of treason by the Shah's military court. Many of his, uh, his supporters were jailed and even put to death. And this gave all of the power completely back to the Shah until, dun-dun-dun, 26 years later, he was overthrown in the Iranian Revolution. I know it's shocking to hear that people who were participating in a more democratic form of government before outside forces helped overthrow it would grow up and want to overthrow the king who had taken unilateral power. So that bit of history caused a ton of blowback from Iran, a word I'm sure many of you are familiar with and, 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 and have repeated ad, ad nauseum by the man who literally brought me to the idea of liberty, Dr. Ron Paul. See, it's, it's believed that if you fuck over a country enough, those people might end up wanting revenge, or at the very least, they might be a little bit upset, just a little bit. So many years later, and, and an unspoken amount of unclassified documents released, we know that the U.S. and Britain had no problems whatsoever overthrowing a democratically elected government in a foreign nation to suit its own economic and strategic interests. But yeah, I am sure, I am sure that 70 years later, the tension is no longer warranted because we have just left Iran alone as the sovereign nation that they are, right? Fucking wrong. In fact, we've constantly destabilized nations and set up bases literally surrounding their borders for decades and decades. And yes, 
It did all start over oil reserves, and it continues to this day to be about their scary nuclear program. Now, I have another really good clip here from like 2011, I think, uh, where you know they're talking about how Iran's nuclear program is going to turn into nuclear weapons, and the incoming president needs to uh, really make that his number one issue. You know, um, and and it is. I mean that that we're we're how how many presidents have you heard talk about Iran in your lifetime? A lot, a lot. You know. But we won't play the clip because it doesn't have any sound. I boomered the, uh, the, the virtual audio cables, unfortunately. But anyway, so here we are again. New president, just like the last president. At least three presidents in a row to bomb Syria, and you'd be hard-pressed to find a media headline that doesn't start with an Iranian-backed militia bombed. You see, Warhawks know they can go on and on and on with that anger and that fear they have created towards Iran, and no one will question them. Even when the bombs they are unconstitutionally dropping are in a country that isn't even in Iran, that isn't even Iran, they can justify bombing anywhere in the world they want by throwing up the word Iranian in front of it. In fact, let's find out. Let's see what's going on here. I swear next time I'll do better. I promise you. All right. So uh, let's find out what the leading anti-war voice Ace Arkist has to say about the fear-mongering and bombing of Iran-backed militias in Syria. Ace, how you doing? I'm good, Josh. How you been? I'm all right. I uh, couldn't really hear the question. I, I, I think it was uh, 10 inches if I, if I heard you correctly. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. No, no oh, that wasn't the question. Okay. Well, uh, I just wanted to say, you know, only neocon idea that holds sway with me and declaring uh, is declaring war with like probably like the syrup swine of the north, the the ice aboriginals, the the John Snows, the the White Walkers, the Trudeau trollops, if you will. You know, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, sure, I, I sieged Kevin Castley, uh, but at this point, we need to turn that entire frozen wasteland into Iceland, if you know what I'm saying. Like we're talking. Terrence and Philip turned to glass, and I don't mean ass, but I do fart in their general direction. Uh, you know, as for Iran, I have mentioned how gay neocons are, right? They only want war with Iran because it's illegal to be gay there. It's true. That's why. Uh, Dick Cheney was dating some turban top that broke his heart, and that's why we had to bomb Iraq. Every war in my lifetime has been predicated on the homosexual heartbreak of some neoconservative who had untreatable ED and the only way they can help uh, feel anything was to bomb brown kids. It's true. George Bush, more like hates Bush, man crush. Dick Cheney, more like pay me a dick. Donald Bumsfeld, need I go on? And look, I'm not homophobic. My husband, El Polpo, we, all, we spoon daily. So... This is not about hating gays, I swear to God. I'm just saying that we need to, they need to come out of the closet and stop throwing brown kids in them. Anyways, this is the best show I've been on since I was on Liberty Lockdown last week. And uh, you can find Liberty Lockdown on Spotify, iTunes. It's on YouTube now. Um, and, uh, you know, if you, if you subscribe, smash that subscribe. And, uh, and tell Clint that, Ace Arkist sent you. But um, 
from now on, I want to be known as Ace of Bass Arcist because, like, I'm Ace, but I'm also based. But also because I saw the sign. It opened up my eyes. I saw the sign. You know, you know, that shit, that shit slapped, Doug. That does slap. Thank you very much, Ace. We really appreciate your insight into the uh, Iranian issues. Good man. You finally got back far enough from the camera. We can see more than just the top of your head. Thank you. Shit. <laughs> Have a good one, brother. <laughs> All right. So the war party is back in power, baby. Raytheon board members are renting out hookers at a weekly rate, and they're doing more blow than you could possibly imagine to celebrate. Of course, I say that in jest because the truth is that the war party never left. We're governed by two parties full of blood-sucking, warmongering imbeciles. But we keep voting them into power over and over and over. We keep letting them take 30% of, or more of everything that we make, everything we work our asses off for to support our families. Many of us bury our head into the sand and act like none of these atrocities are actually happening. Most are content with squabbling over the gender of a plastic potato or what Dr. Seuss books need to be canceled. Of course, these things keep us divided and fighting each other, while the actual social justice issues the modern world faces are bombs dropping on children and other innocents around the world at the hands of Western imperialism. Maybe John Brennan is onto something, being embarrassed to be a white male. Maybe he doesn't take it far enough. Maybe he should be, we should all be embarrassed to be heartless humans who can't see past the tips of our noses, who believe that the only lives that matter are whatever the trending Twitter topic is. Who knows, but I will always choose to oppose the side that creates dead children around the world. Thank you guys so much for sticking around for my very first live stream. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, we're going to do the solo show a little shorter, 30 to 40 minutes from now on. And then every Friday there's going to be uh, uh, an interview show. I don't know if you've seen the lineup. Really great people coming on. Uh, make sure that you subscribe to the YouTube and find me on whatever podcast app you use. I'll make sure to get the audio files uploaded right away. Of course, there's going to be some dead space in this one because... Uh, the clips didn't work. I'll, I promise I'll have them figured out by Friday or next Wednesday. Um, shout out to Top Lobster for the awesome hoodie and graphics for the show. Thank you to Whiskey Grenade for the music. You rule. Uh, make sure to come back on Friday where I'm going to have Jacob Hornberger on to talk about what he's up to these days and what's next for that fiery Texas libertarian warrior. And uh, for you that don't know, on Monday, I'm going to be debating Larkin Rose on Arno, uh, AnarchoCast about the usefulness of political parties and whether or not political action can be libertarian for one of uh, two debates for AnarchoPocal. I'm sure, I'm positive, it will be filled with a ton of great semantics if I'm uh, reading Larkin Rose correctly. And I, for one, cannot wait. Until then... Don't forget to break the cycle, and good night. Due to legal reasons, I just have to explain. The lyrics of my last song may seem to contain a violent call to action in the verse of the frame. But I just spent it in Minecraft. The helicopter part was in reference to GTA 5 and the things you do So any violence you commit I am not an excuse Cause I just can't in Minecraft Well Chipper is my friend And he's constantly cold Accusations of incitement getting totally old 
Thank uh-huh. you.